0: Back with the District 3 podcast, episode 144. This time, Maribel made it.
1: Yay! Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> hey, Maribel has been absent the past two weeks, two weeks.
1: Yeah, two, two, weeks. two three weeks. He always schedules the appointments when I can't make it. I think he's doing it on purpose. On purpose <laughs> you? So I can do it by myself. So, I, yes, no, 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 no. I'm always like, hey, I'm sorry, I can't make it, but yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: You're here. I, I did saying, it ahead of time this time. I was like, let me give her a big yeah, heads up yes, so that she's here.
1: I appreciate
0: that. And I'm glad that you're here. Yes, uh, me too. And today we're actually doing an interesting episode talking about Emerge Arkansas. Emerge Arkansas is a change is changing the face of politics by recruiting, training, and providing a powerful network for Democratic women to run for office. Um, the, uh, Emerge Arkansas is the chapter of Emerge America in Arkansas. And it's ran by one of our guests today, who's the executive director, Stephanie Lane-Baker. Thank you for joining us today, Welcome. Stephanie.
2: Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: And also joining us is a current elected Rogers City Councilwoman, Woo. April Legier. Hey, us, thank April. you so much. And uh, we're really excited. We were trying to get April on the, on the podcast about two years ago <laughs> when she was running for office, so I'm glad she was was finally able to make it. and But he doesn't
1: hold grudges.
0: <laughs> but I called you out on yes. the air. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> um, and April is currently elected as the city councilwoman for Ward 3 in Rogers, and she was elected in 2020, right, April?
3: That's correct, yes.
0: And you, you're still serving today. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? I, I, I was really interested um, just to learn about um, how you decided to run for office and also what that journey looked like for you. And then we'll touch a little bit about what that journey was before when you were part of the training, uh, for Emerge Arkansas.
3: Yeah. Well, thank you for allowing me a second (laughs) opportunity to come in. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy you don't hold grudges. (laughs) 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 Um, but so let's talk about it. I, um, I've been in Northwest Arkansas now for almost 10 years. So my daughter and I moved to the area for an opportunity professionally. Um, I was active duty for eight years in the Air Force. Um, I served as a personnel officer and then made the transition out um, for personal reasons and landed in Northwest Arkansas again for work. And then just over the past several years, I think we can all agree that the face of our politics in the United States are scary. And the ideology and the and the theories that we're seeing was something that I was not comfortable with. And I wanted to give my daughter a place to call home and recognize, hey, if you don't believe in something, you have to step up and use your voice. That's, that's why we have the right to vote. That's what I serve for. So, um, Quite honestly, I can't even tell you what happened, but something was on the news and it absolutely devastated me. Um, and that was the moment that I knew I had to do something. So I made the decision to start investigating and learning about opportunities to serve our community. Um, and I stumbled upon um, I stumbled upon a link to emerge. And so it just so happened several weeks down the road, we had a boot camp scheduled, and I jumped in. And as an oppor- through that opportunity, I learned what to expect, um, what you're going to get out of emerge. Not only during that training, but post, um, it talked about campaign, like your campaign messaging, campaign design, finance. But most importantly, it gave me a sounding board. Because let me be clear, like, it's it's hard to run for office, especially yeah. as a woman of color. Yes. Um, and I had this group of women, we like to call it the sisterhood, who I can pick up the phone and call anyone and cry or laugh <laughs> or like, oh my god, I can't do this. Mm. <laughs> Convince me to stay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's what Emerge gave me. But mm. it, what it What it also did was helped me prepare to run a very strategic, intentional race around community, culture, and growth, which is what I believed in um, and still believe in and what I'm still thriving or striving for um, to ensure that Rogers has as a community.
0: How, uh, running for office in Rogers I think is tough, Uh, like you said, specifically for a uh, BIPOC person of color, black, indigenous. was there any moments during the time that you were running where things happened that, e- that either were uh, discriminatory or that you felt specifically, you know, because you're a woman of color, um, that they were happening to you?
3: So that's a really interesting question. And what I will tell you with complete sincerity, there was nothing blatant that mm-hmm. happened to me that I felt was because I was a woman or a person of color. Mm-hmm. However... What I will say is I did not receive the support um, that I think some of our other candidates have in the past, and it's simply because it could have been I was running against an incumbent. It could have been because I am not from Northwest Arkansas. It could have been I was not a known entity. But to say without a doubt it was because I was a minority, I'm not sure about that. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I will tell you is um, it took tenacity to get over hearing no, no, Mm -hmm. no over and over again. Um, I ran a very grassroots campaign. Mm -hmm. Um, We um, recruited young people to help. We recruited... $20 $20 donations, $10 donations, $5 donations to um, to manage and be successful in the campaign. I didn't receive big donors from small businesses in Rogers simply because they did not know me.
0: That's good to hear in regards to um, you not, not receiving any kind of negative mm-hmm. um, feedback in that way because Springdale politics are a little bit different, <laughs> more <laughs> different. People are actively looking to... <laughs> bring down any person of color that runs for office in Springdale, which is sad. But uh, in your time in the Springdale City Council, you've been there for, for a little bit under two years Roger now? City Rogers City Rogers. <laughs> for Rogers City Council. Thanks for, that, uh, <laughs> for uh, telling me that. Um, That's why I'm here. Thank you. <laughs> so for Rogers City Council, has there been, what are some things that you're proud of that the council has done in the time that you've been there?
3: Yeah, I will tell you the most important thing that I am proud of is we have a, we have addressed wages for our city employees. Um, I believe in fair wages and livable wages. In our last um, financial cycle, that was something that we focused on, and it benefits um, it benefits our city employees, and that is so important to me. Um, sometimes when, you, when you're too far removed from, from the process and um, what is important to raising a family, you can, you can lose sight of that. But by sharing that point of view and sharing that perspective in the open discussion meetings as we plan and finalize budgets, we brought it to the forefront and we were able to address it and change lives in our, in our community, on our mm-hmm. staff. So that, was, that is what I am most um, proud of for sure.
0: And um, I'm, I'm guessing you continue to work on a weekly, uh, on a weekly schedule with with Stephanie in some way, right? You have some sort of communication mm-hmm. with her. Um, how has she continued to support you uh, now that you're an elected official? How do you support each other?
3: Yeah. So again, I referenced the sisterhood, but Stephanie has invited me to join her on her advisory board, and so. And then just from a personal perspective, Stephanie is just one of my favorite people. She is very kind in her approach and reaching out um, and just ensuring that I'm okay and that Mm -hmm. I have what I need um, to be be successful not only on Rogers City Council, but as a friend. Mm -hmm. Um, So we talk about, um, I use Stephanie a lot from a council approach on messaging and what is important. And this is what I'm thinking. Is this the right way to say it? So again, it's really about having a sounding board and having someone who is really good at her job giving me a point of view to ensure that what I'm sharing and thinking is appropriate and how to deliver that.
0: That's so important. I don't think a lot of people think about that. The, that there, it it is good to have someone with experience on putting out a message. Um, that's one of the things that I, that I realized that a lot of candidates that I help out with initially, um, you know, they do things with good intentions, but want to put stuff out there that I'm like, oh, this can be a problem. (laughs) This can be a problem. Don't do this. Don't post this. Like even something as like sarcasm. Yes. Like, no, don't not be sarcastic on your campaign page. Like be as serious as you can, but be like, uh, be smile you know like mm-hmm. all these different things um that it's good to have someone with experience to, to help you out with that yeah there were some things that i would put when i was running for office that uh i kind of had to i ha- i argued uh for me to put them but looking at them now i was like why did i do that yeah <laughs> why did i say that and uh and, and it's good that you have someone like stephanie how about you stephanie you have seen april's journey from the beginning um how are you feeling you know seeing her now as an elected official doing good work and you were there to help her out from the beginning
2: so to be clear I wasn't in this position when she did the emerge training I came mm-hmm. in after I was there as her friend watching mm-hmm. this journey because before I was honored by getting to do this for my full-time job it was my volunteer gig to help mm-hmm. women running for office so I um, I didn't work directly with April and her campaign but I was her friend during that process mm-hmm. and it was I mean honestly like I feel like April probably didn't even need me. Like <laughs> She did such a great job, and her daughter did such a great job helping her with her campaign. Um, it's been really exciting to watch. Um, I'm a April super fan. <laughs> so watching as her friend um, and supporting her how I could. I mean, sometimes it's just like a text like, hey, did you remember to eat lunch? Are (laughs) you staying hydrated? You know, like those things are important as well. Um, And I try to do that with all of the alumna. You know, I inherited alum in this network, and I have just had my first training program in May where I recruited and trained uh, alums that joined our network. Um, But a lot of what I do is try to be available obviously for, for the campaign needs, for the messaging piece is kind of like my bread and butter because I come from a communications background, but also connecting them to resources where they need them. Like if you need field or finance or whatever, those aren't my areas of expertise, but I have access to folks who mm. do have that expertise. So trying to keep them connected with that um, campaign piece is very important and vital, but yeah. also just being there. Like she said, like sometimes we we need to we need to vent we need to like bounce ideas off of each other we need to celebrate our wins together as well um so i do like open office hours where folks can anyone in the alumna network who wants to drop in on a zoom can once a week once every other week closer as we get closer to campaign when folks need more time for that where they can ask questions they can vent they can bounce ideas off of each other not everyone who does our program ends up running for office some of them are working on campaigns or working in advocacy efforts and so we help each other Mm-hmm. Oh, see. Well, then maybe I can work on that. Yes, and I
3: cannot. Um, like, we need to overemphasize that for every for every woman or every person that is running for office, they have to have a support staff. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. it is one of the most challenging things I believe, um, in my opinion, about running for office is having that team, that network around you to support you through it. Mm-hmm campaign management, campaign volunteers, finance, messaging, all of that is vital to the campaign. Um, and we, we provide training for that as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that is one of the, the, the campaign staff is one of the um, unsung heroes in yeah. the successes. Yeah. Definitely. And
2: Emerge Arkansas is a candidate training organization. Mm-hmm. That is what we are aiming to do, is to recruit more women to run for office and give them the skills that they need to run their best possible campaign. But I will also say when I did the Emerge training boot camp years ago, I was doing it as a comms director on a congressional campaign with no intentions of ever running for office, and mm-hmm. I still found very mm-hmm. valuable information to take away from that training.
0: That's good to hear. Um,
2: so I have a question. Where
1: does your passion for for politics come from? Like how did you get involved in you know, emerge mm-hmm. and your passion to like actually like, you know work on campaigns and things sure. like that?
2: yeah so kind of a convoluted path to politics, honestly, it was not what I intended to to do originally. Um, my master's is in public health and I worked in public health and I worked in grants and you know, I started noticing that my grant funding would dry up when different leaders were. Mm-hmm. Elected, yeah. um, and then when I became a, a mother, I moved into more of a volunteer role and advocacy efforts with things that were very much related to public health, like gun violence prevention is a public health issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started realizing that as much as I could do from an advocacy standpoint, from a you know a parent, a public health expert lobbying standpoint if the people who are elected are not open to receiving that message or listening to their constituents or to science, we have to change those leaders. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I got from advocacy, public health, lobbying efforts to, hey, I'm gonna actually work on campaigns. And so I started working as a campaign staffer Mm -hmm. um, on a few campaigns, and then when this job became available, it was just very apparent to me that i could help a lot of women instead of just one each campaign cycle because i'm in this for the long haul right. my, my goal is not november mm-hmm. it's not 2024 it's not 2026 mm-hmm. i'm changing the face of politics for the long haul here mm. so i'm honored that i get to do this yeah. um, it was a weird journey to get here but i think that's important that we have a lot of different perspectives from a lot of different right. folks so that we do have a representative democracy
0: nice are you still uh pretty active with mom's demand how do you So I'm at? still
2: <laughs> uh, not very well right now, this mm-hmm. close to an election cycle, because I do have a lot of candidates uh, who need a lot more support right now. Yeah. Um, I am still technically, I stepped back from leadership when I started working in campaigns because Moms Demand Action is a nonpartisan organization mm-hmm. and I couldn't have access to their data when I also had access to a Democratic candidate's data. like, okay. there's conflict of interest there. Mm-hmm. So I stepped back from leadership then um, Recently I rejoined as just community outreach, um, and basically that has looked like planning the meals with Nate every now and then, and backpack drives, things like that, that I can still stay involved in on a community standpoint. Um, But I will be honest, it's been a hot minute since I've been able to coordinate anything. (laughs) Um, It's hard, but the good news is, you know, we have a whole new set of folks who are energized and ready to step into that position. Um, I just saw in the, in the Moms Demand Action Facebook group, a meeting is scheduled for next, or two weeks from now, uh, the first in-person meeting since p- pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I had zero to do with planning it. Well, and I don't even know who, the, it feels great. <laughs> I love it, because it's <laughs> like, wow, this is growing. And it's right. and that's, what, that's the point. Right. You want it to keep growing and going and not be dependent on any one person.
0: That's true, that's true. Um, so you stepped a little bit away from mm-hmm. Moms Demand to focus specifically on Emerge. Um, can we talk a little bit about if, for example, if there's a woman out there that wants to uh, be a part of this program and eventually become a candidate, there's no qualifications or requirements to, to be a part of this program. No, they don't have to necessarily have a college degree or anything oh, no. like that. Because no. I know there's folks, and I know that people like us maybe you know, in our circle were like, no, of course not. But for folks that sure. are listening, that might be like a concern of theirs. You yeah, know? Th- So
2: there is an application process. Mm-hmm. Um, we do seek out women who have a passion for their community who are active in their communities who know why they wanna do this. Hmm. Um, we wanna make sure that their values align with the values of our organization. There is a code of conduct their core values that we want to ascribe to, which is why we are a partisan organization and why we specifically train women who espouse democratic ideals, because we want to help women who are also going to push policy that helps women and families. Gotcha. So that's why we are a partisan organization. There are no resume qualifications. There's no, none of that. Um, the qualifications are more who you are and who you embody and the passion that you're gonna bring to what you're gonna do.
0: Because I, I do, when I have conversations uh, with folks about running for office, there is some sort of uh, like idea that you do have to have a college degree to run for office. Like That's planted in the minds of so many people. And I never really thought about it until I started having conversations sure. with people when I was trying to recruit people to run for office. And uh, and yeah, like and I think to be
2: clear, I used to think you needed a law degree. Like already. I didn't. That's yeah. what I was, <laughs> you know? I was thinking. I was thinking <laughs> like, that you needed
1: some type of because, law degree or and background. And that's part of why
2: we exist is to mm-hmm. demystify this process. Yeah. So if there's anybody listening who is thinking, hey, I'd like to do this. I'd like to step mm-hmm. up in this capacity. Mm-hmm. I, I want to tap into that power, but I'm not sure how. Just email me. Call right. me. We can have a conversation. We can talk through what that looks like. Um, my email is contact at emergear.org. Email Mm -hmm. me anytime, I'm happy to schedule a phone call, a Zoom, a coffee if you're close Mm by. We can talk through it. We can talk through what it looks like. I want to make the process more accessible because we all do better when we all do better and we need folks from all different perspectives Mm because your voice is valuable Mm -hmm. in a representative democracy and we need folks who have a college degree who have scientific experience we need folks who don't who right. maybe went to vocational school and can advocate for that because mm-hmm. all of these paths are necessary in our society and they should all be represented in our government
3: yeah and just to be clear like my undergrads in psychology it's the furthest thing you can probably right. get from a law degree mm-hmm. um and my professional experience is in human resources so mm-hmm. it's it's just it's what is important to you and Mm -hmm. what you care for and what drives you. And to Stephanie's point, why are you doing this? What is Mm -hmm. your message and what is your intent? And my intent was to create a community of which my daughter and her her friends Mm -hmm. can see themselves um, thriving and welcomed.
1: Good. How are you guys reaching, like, the youth? Because we have a lot of maybe general Sears that, mm-hmm. you know, they are the future and they are already doing amazing things. So what is your strategy to reach the youth to get them involved in, in politics?
2: Don't you have a lot of young listeners? We
1: do have a lot of young <laughs> listeners. We're doing
2: things like this. We're trying We're trying new, unconventional ways to get the word out to folks. Um, podcasts like this, mm-hmm. I'm doing media interviews mm-hmm. when I can. We are asking folks to connect with their young dem chapters to disseminate this information. Um I'm doing I do this thing called a step forward workshop where we it's for folks who are just maybe considering if they want to run for office and it explores what that might look like. It's an hour long. It's okay. participatory, interactive. Um, I do it on Zoom or I can come in person. I'm actually doing one September 20th with NWA Girl Gang. This is a, a group that we haven't tapped into where I think there are lots of passionate folks yeah. who might yeah. be interested in running for office. I'm trying to connect with groups that are already doing this community work mm-hmm. and bringing them the tools. Like, hey, if any of you are interested in running for office, this is what exists. And right. I'm happy to help you if that's the path you choose. Nice.
0: And April, I know the training might have changed since you did it. Mm-hmm. It's been two years, over two years. Uh, what was the experience like for you? Uh, doing the training.
3: Yeah, so the training for me was like peace of mind, because you have to remember I I I'd attended um another another event before, that really just showed me okay I want to do this but Emerge taught me the tools. It gave me the resources of how to be mindful, how to plan out from a timeline, how to, like, what you true, these are the bare bone things that you need. Mm -hmm. So it was just, it, it was a safety net for me maybe, but at the same time, it was so educational and resourceful that I felt empowered to go out and be successful on my campaign.
0: Nice, and what does the program look like now, Stephanie? So
2: what I'm recruiting for right now, applications just opened Mm -hmm. Friday, Women's Equality Day, so applications are open right now if you go to our website, EmergeAR.org. What I'm recruiting for right now is our signature training program. It's the one that we do in non-election years it is intense. It is 70 hours of training spread over the course of four months. So we're going to be doing that end of February through June of 2023. Um, The curriculum takes you through step by step. I mean, we're talking about overall campaign strategy. We're talking about message development, how to tell your story of self storytelling is so important Mm -hmm. in political work um, to connect with folks on a, you know, a level that they can understand. Right. Um, we're talking about field plans, we're talking about finance, we build a budget. So folks who do the signature training, literally at the end, you're gonna plan a campaign. We're gonna write out a campaign plan that you're gonna like, have so that if you run in 2024 or 2026, you already have the nuts and bolts of that. You already know how to build a team, you know what you need we build a timeline. We talk like we work backwards from election day. We talk about, so this is the budget you're going to need to run the campaign you'd like to run. And then here are the tools for how to raise that money. So there's fundraising training as well. The women actually make calls, call time during the training so that the first time they're making those kind of scary calls, it's with the support of their network, you know? (laughs) Um, so we're, we're kind of, we're ripping that bandaid off and we're doing (laughs) it together. And, uh, Hopefully, when women leave the program, they feel prepared to run their best possible campaign.
0: And I like how when you said running for 2024, you looked right at Maribel. I know. <laughs> I, I felt <laughs> that. I felt that. We I was going to say we something, but I didn't want to bring eyes. attention to it. We've been but I would love Maribel to run for office now for a few years now and bring it up. Anytime someone that, that helps people <laughs> run for office comes on the podcast, I always say, we Mar- need to convince Maribel. I think
2: <laughs> we've got her. Mary Bell and I are going to chat, right? Too. I think so. I, I think,
1: think so.
0: Too. It's good. I mean, Maribel, you speak both languages. Mm-hmm. You know, I do. you have a mm-hmm. lot of communication with Marshallese folks around I the think. area as well. You're a good speaker. You have a mm. uh, you have a history in the community. Um, she helped. Um, well, she created the the Springdale Peace Walk here in Springdale oh. that we both did together. Okay. Um, and she's done so much other work. You're so visible in the community. You know, you're the perfect <laughs> candidate. Why well, not? it's Just part of my work. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, part of my is, work, but this it's this my passion in this part. show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. You're,
2: you're already active in, in your community. People already see you as a leader. Mm-hmm. And what I'm trying to do is help you translate that <laughs> into political work as well. Because it's directly translatable. It right. is. Right, right. I'm yes. trying to find the power that's been ignored and let you bring it to yeah. the Oh, my
1: goodness. <laughs> I, I feel that eye contact. I think that's something we need to work on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Top BFR so, uh, so Rogers, 20 Rogers, 2024. Top for Rogers, 2024. But you you won't be able to vote for me. You live in Springdale. Uh,
0: my mom now lives oh. in My mom, my, my sister, my stepfather, and my brother-in-law. They all live in Rogers. you've got a bunch of of votes already.
1: Right there. (laughs) There's your baseline. I'm sure I can can get my family to vote for me maybe too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's in the plans. It's in, you know, maybe in the future here in a few years. I I am, however, interested in, you know, preparing and just kind of, you know, because I know there's a lot that goes into it, you know, when you were doing your campaign and, you know, other campaigns that that I've – volunteered on. Um, so I know there's there's a lot. and mm-hmm. I feel that knowing ahead of time what, what you're up against mm-hmm. is you know, better prepares you for yeah. the outcomes because when you go into it and you like you don't know what you're doing, and I feel like that's where a lot of uh, candidates have um, really struggled with and mm-hmm. that's how um, especially politics in Springdale, like you said, yeah. you know, that's how um, they have been defeated. So preparing yourself for that, definitely it's very enticing for
2: me so yeah, yeah. You never know. one thing I was talking to April about this this morning actually I was also Marco Poling with another alum in Little Rock one of the most important things I like to talk to folks about when they're deciding to run or they've decided to run and they're looking at how that you know analyzing how that's going to play out you know we we are in Arkansas and we are realistic about our outcomes it makes us fight harder right <laughs> it doesn't make us give up but one thing I want folks to look at is why are you doing this and what outcome short of winning is going to make it worth it for you in the Mm -hmm. end win or lose at the end what are some metrics that you want to impact Mm -hmm. where what is going to call this a win for you short of an actual win we all want to win we're in it to win of course but I also want to know what other what secondary goals do you have Mm -hmm. that way when you're done You know that it was worth it. You know you stayed true to your authentic self. You ran the campaign you wanted to run. You did the best job you could do, and you reached these other secondary goals. Yeah, yeah.
0: What does the process look like for you? Just because I know that um, I'm not sure how actual true this is, but I've heard that you, for women you have to ask them like seven times before they actually decide to run for office. (laughs) Um, How does that recruiting process look like to you trying to convince women to run for office here In in Arkansas.
2: So that is the the statistic that I've heard for years. That on average you have to ask a woman seven times to run for office. Will you run for office? Will you run for office? Will you run for (laughs) office? So so I just I just asked your audience three of those. Okay, (laughs) here's number four. Will you run for (laughs) office? I will say anecdotally. I think it's taking less asks because I think women are seeing other women run and they are having that yes. representation for candidates. They are changing who they think about. I, in my experience, you don't have to ask as many times now because we are changing that narrative. Yes. Um, And I've had women, you know, one of my alums, she jokes that, like, nobody had to ask her. She just saw who the dude was running, and she was like, nope. Nope. He's not going to be unopposed Mm -hmm. in this. And that's part of it is we should, in a democracy, we should have choices. Nobody should run unopposed. Right.
1: Um, Do you feel like women are participating a lot more or it's gotten easier just because of the climate of the politics of what's happening, especially women's rights and health.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think any of those motivating factors that light a fire under you and bring that passion out to the forefront are helpful, for sure. Um, And I think women understand their innate power and they wanna tap into it. And they they are now seeing themselves as political leaders, whereas maybe they didn't 15 years ago, 20 years ago. they still need those tools. They're still mm-hmm. underrepresented. Right. Um, on average, a first-time candidate, depending on what study you look at, wins a first-time race ten uh, to twenty percent of the time, depending on which study you see. I um,
3: was in that percentage. Oh, okay. <laughs> April
2: <laughs> is a superstar. Um, but like in 2020, for example, emerge alums, forty-nine uh, percent of them won first-time races. Wow. So that's a huge. Hey, that's a huge that bump. Is, It really is. is. So the training that's
1: very motivating. Speaks for yes, people. it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, so I, am grateful that this organization exists yes. to give those tools to women, to help them now that they are more readily deciding to rent, to give them the tools that they need yeah. in order to, to feel confident, to feel empowered, um, to under, cause you know, again, we want to demystify the campaign process. Yeah, And
3: I will tell you, I still go back to my file folder. Um, we have online resources. We had handouts. We had all of the, all of the things to make you feel good about your race. I still go back and refer to it and make sure Mm -hmm. that I'm still on track, I'm still being true to what I established for myself as my baseline of why I chose to run, Mm -hmm. so.
2: I see that. That's cool. I see you with your clear, concise, consistent (laughs) messaging. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Community
3: culture growth. I always go back to it. Yes.
0: (laughs) And who are some of the uh, candidates that either last time ran or this time are running who are who have been part of the emerge program.
2: So some electeds that you mm-hmm. might know, April, April. sitting across yeah. from me, April Legere, <laughs> yeah. Roger City Councilwoman. Um, you may be aware of uh, Representative Denise Garner. Yeah, um, she is an emerge alum. This studio alum. is named after. Her. This studio yeah, that's might that's have awesome. her name <laughs> on it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, she is an emerge alum and also the founding member of my advisory cabinet. She was the first person I asked to join my cabinet. April was the second. (laughs) I wanted these two on our cabinet team. Um, Before I even knew I had the job, I was like, hey, if I get this job, will you be on my advisory cabinet? Because you need to surround yourself with good people to do a good job. Um, So Denise Garner is an alum and a cabinet member. Um, Representative Denise Ennett in Little Rock is an alum as well. Um, Representative Ashley Hudson, who you may have heard of, who had a hard-fought win, a mm-hmm. uh, legal battle and all the things, and won by a very slim margin, but she won. She won. Yeah. And she's been an amazing legislator. Um, she's a big Emerge supporter. Um, let me think, Gayatri, Gayatri. Agnew mm-hmm, uh, was yeah. part of the Emerge program. She is a Bentonville city councilwoman. Um, and uh, Allie Donna on school board. Those were yes. our six alums who won last cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very proud of all of them they're fantastic we have a few races to watch this year I think we have 18 candidates on the ballot wow, in November statewide anywhere that's great. from like you know city uh council to uh county county treasurer to All the way up to Lieutenant Governor Mm -hmm. is an Emerge alum. um, Candidate for Lieutenant Governor is an Emerge alum as well. So I'm excited to watch how all of the women Mm -hmm. are using the skills. I I do these continuing education sessions with my alumna. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a, a lunch hour and then an evening hour. About once a month or so, we do those um, where I, you know, I ask them what extra help do you need, what would be helpful, and then I bring in a consultant to do an ask anything um, cool. hour that's with them. Cool. So, is there a fee for this training, or how does that work?
0: That's a good question.
2: That is a good question. So, well,
0: let we have me to just we have let to me know. just preface
2: <laughs> this by saying there is no woman who wants to participate in this program who I will allow finances to be a barrier. That's that's not going to be a thing. Um, If there is a tuition right Mm -hmm. now, the model is set up for tuition um, because Emerge National wants women to have that fundraising practice. So you actually can fundraise for your tuition in the class. You don't have to have it up front. What I am working towards, I'm putting this out into the universe right now. This is very aspirational, folks Mm -hmm. listening. I don't wanna charge tuition to my women. It's not something I wanna do. That's the model in 27 states. It's the model that I was hired into. I understand that. I am working very hard to develop a scholarship fund to offset that cost because mm-hmm. it does cost a lot of money to bring in these consultants right. and to train the curriculum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 yeah. expensive to do. Um, I I never want finances to be a barrier for anyone, especially in Arkansas where we're kind of You know, we're Mm -hmm. still starting at kind of Mm -hmm. grassroots level here. We don't have a big – we are working to re repower political structures here, but we're still very much in the process. So I am working on developing a scholarship fund, and then what I would like to see is women fundraising for the next class. We're paying it forward each time. So I am trying to get to that model. That's what – so, yes, the answer is yes, there is tuition, and no, I will never let it be a barrier for anyone who wants to participate. That's a great concept. I really
1: like that.
0: And um, so, right now, you all have started taking applications. Mm -hmm. yes. Friday. And and we've already talked a little bit about, you know, what you all are planning to do with this new class. Um, What are some goals that you have for Emerge Arkansas, the chapter of, of Emerge here in Arkansas, in the next few years, things that you wanna see, mm-hmm. or th- maybe things you know in the, in the short term that you're uh, looking forward for the organization to do?
2: My main goal is for women and folks who are part of this network to feel supported, to have that camaraderie, um, that network of both tangible resources and the resources that can't quite be named. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's my main goal, It's just to make sure that the folks who have done our training, who do our training, feel valued mm. and supported. Um, if we're looking at metrics, I am hoping to train at least 20 women in the signature program this spring. My goal would be to have 20 women that are selected. Um, Like I said, there is an application. Um, I have a selection committee. I don't make the decisions on my own because I want to be out there telling everybody to run and recruiting, and I'm not going to tell anybody no. So I have a selection committee that helps me decide which 20 women will be um, accepted into the program. And that is based largely on who's gonna be available for the training and get the most out of it because we want you to participate as much as possible um, to get the most out of the training. Um, so 20 women, hopefully, maybe 25. I like to keep the class size small enough that everybody gets what they need to get out right. of it um, and can develop those personal relationships within the training. Um, and obviously, like, my main goal is to see our legislature change. I wanna break that super majority. I, I want to see more emerge women uh, using their voices, and getting elected. Mm -hmm. um, Those are my goals. Yeah.
0: So make sure if you want to join the program, applications are out. What's the website again, Stephanie?
2: EmergeAR.org.
0: Okay. And uh, thank you all for making the time to be here. uh, It was great meeting you both. Yes. Yes. Thank you for having us. Yes. Very inspiring conversation. Hopefully, you know, the women that are listening since mo- the, the majority of our listenership is women. Mm-hmm. Which, is, which I'm mm-hmm. really proud of, by the way. Let's represent. <laughs> and, yes. uh, yeah, we appreciate you all making the time to come talk about the program and your yeah. experiences. Hopefully c- people can learn and feel motivated to be a part of this program, hopefully we see some of our listeners be part of this program in the future. Yes. I'm looking at He's my. He's looking bed. at me. <laughs> after, after this We're I'm all
1: looking at it. Me. Let me tell you, it, it is comforting for me to know that this is available because this, mm-hmm. I didn't know, you yeah. know, I didn't know, and I definitely didn't want to go into, like be overwhelmed and just be blindsided by everything. So this is this is very comforting. Mm-hmm. And so chicas, si quieren correr para este representaciones, sus comunidades, es muy importante, comuníquense con Stephanie en Emerge y es un entrenamiento completo que te va a preparar Para todo eso, eso es importante.
0: Y cualquier persona puede... puede sí, correr. no es necesario
1: que tengas un, un degree de, de la universidad, simplemente la pasión y las metas y la ética de representar a tu comunidad.
0: Y hay mucha gente, como Maribel. ¡Como Maribel! Que, que, puede, que puede postularse para sí, una posición. Sí, se puede, sí se puede. Queremos que Maribel uh, corra para una posición en Rogers en el futuro. Ojalá después de que, de que termine con su escuela uh, pueda hacer eso. Uh, pero si tienen algunas preguntas pueden mandarnos mensajes a nosotros también claro. podemos responderles y los podemos dirigir hacia Stephanie con emerge Arkansas but that's the end of episode yes. 144 of the District Three podcast my name is Irvin
1: soy Maribel
0: signing off
1: adiós